Good afternoon, everybody. Today we're going to be doing our first segment on the podcast series, which is a little bit difficult if you guys already don't know what it is that we're referring to and talking about. Since it is an audible version versus a visual version like you might find on YouTube in the near future, today we're going to be discussing techniques, tips, tricks, and uh, useful knowledge for outdoor experiences. Today we're going to be discussing hoop netting. If you guys are familiar to what that is, it's a very popular way of catching California spiny lobster along with free diving and uh, there's a couple other forms of netting you can do for them but that's just about it. You're not allowed to snare them, you can't poke them, you can't stab them, you can't pick them up out of the water and throw them at your buddies. That's very bad. I don't know why you would do that. But yeah, anyways, so today we're going to be talking about our experience hoop netting for the first time as well as our past experience of diving for lobsters, which is something we used to do quite frequently, me and a group of buddies of mine, before we all had to, you know, sadly become adults and start working 45 plus hours a week and just lost time to go diving during the week when nobody would be in the water. Uh, So yeah, this past weekend we went hoop netting for the first time and that was quite a interesting learning curve. There's like quite a lot that goes into something that seems so simple. I mean, you basically are going to put bait in a basket, put the basket in a net, and then just throw the net in the water. But there's a lot more to it than just throwing the net in the water and putting bait in the basket, so to speak. Uh, What kind of bait you're going to use, where you're going to throw that net in, what time you're going to throw that net in, is all kind of part of the mojo to finding a successful hoop netting spot. By no means are we experts at what we're doing by any means like uh truck talk tuesday podcast you guys heard we went uh 11 total caught between two guys and only two out of the 11 were actually legal so most of them were shorts and had to get let let free which is fine like i said it was our first time out so i was pretty stoked on seeing 11 bugs come up as we refer to them california spiny lobster is another nickname for them is bugs if you guys don't already know that um one thing that i found very intriguing was that we compiled all this knowledge together and out of all that knowledge we were able to put together between two guys 11 bugs for our first hoop netting session and we learned quite a few things from that first session so as we go forward over the next couple weekends when we're going out it should hopefully start to become more productive Um, so yeah we were on kayaks which is one way of going for them a lot of people take out their private boats a lot of people uh do it from piers, jetties, break walls, all kinds of spots. Um, obviously, you got to do what you can, whatever is easiest and most accessible to you. Not everybody has a boat, kayak, pier near them, jetty near them. You got to have one of those things to do it with a hoop net. Uh, you can free dive for them, but you're certainly not going to find them anywhere where there's not some kind of structure. Uh, By structure, you're looking for underwater reefs, which in California, we don't have things like the Great Barrier Reef. We have things that are rock piles covered in uh, different species of kelp, different species of, I guess you could say something that looks similar to moss or like sponge, and uh, different species of grass and all kinds of stuff. I'm by no means a biologist, so if you guys want to see what a kelp forest looks like or a Southern California kelp forest looks like, just go ahead and do yourself a favor and Google it. Um, check it out. It's definitely one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life from my diving experience is getting to watch sun, uh, sunsets from underwater. 
is quite an amazing thing. It's really fun, and I miss it a lot. Uh, but yeah, so if you don't have structure, you're going to have a hard time finding lobsters because during the daytime, they hide. They're nocturnal creatures. You will find them during the day, but they're certainly not going to be out on the prowl looking for food. They're opportunistic animals from what I've been told, so they're going to go on a scavenger hunt, but only if they smell it. They're not going to risk their life for nothing. Uh, so that brings us to bait options. Uh, we were told there's a lot of different baits you can use. We were told mackerel, bonita, frozen sardine, anchovy, cat food, salmon heads, chicken thighs, chicken gizzards. There's all kinds of options apparently for these things, but uh, we went out with frozen whole mackerel and a bag of frozen sardines. So we said, hey, you know what? We'll give them a 50-50 mix. We'll throw a little bit in our bait net or our uh, bait cage. Uh, we did one map mackerel cut in half so it would really release some scent and some oil in the water as well as some sardines and by our third or fourth pull we started to notice that you know they didn't really touch the mackerel as much as they were really messing with the sardine which if you guys have ever caught mackerel been around mackerel you know they're pretty smelly but in my personal personal experience they're nowhere near as smelly as a bag of sardines and if you haven't smelled a bag of sardines and you're lucky I've had that juice get all over the inside of my car, on my hands, on my clothes, in my backpacks. It's not a pleasant smell, but I could definitely see why that pungent smell is so intriguing because that's a dinner bell to whatever eats it in the ocean. Uh, so we kind of quickly figured out that sardines were the trick, so we started to pack our uh, bait cages full of sardines as soon as we can or could, and then we really started to notice the difference in our uh, poles becoming more productive. Uh, part of that was our timing. We were told to let the bags or the nets sit on the bottom anywhere from 10 minutes to 20 to 25 minutes, somewhere around there. So we said, okay, well, it sounds more like 10 to 30 minutes. So we'll kind of play around with some numbers and go from there. And another trick that I've read on forums, which is something obviously you're kind of limited with on a kayak, is you want to go ahead and drop your nets. You want to drop about three nets if you're on a boat in three different locations along whatever your targeted location is. And after 10 to 20 minutes, you go start pulling them all up and you want to see whichever one has the most amount in that time frame. Then you go just dump all your, your uh, hoop nets in that one area. But us being on a kayak and it being our first time, we only went out with two nets for two guys, so that's one net each. So we're a little bit limited on uh, netting capability, so to speak. Uh, but once we kind of figured out the bait situation, we played around with some timing and we found out that that night the sweet amount of soak time was about 10 minutes. We were able to start putting together numbers on the board. And like I said, we went 11 total lobster caught, of which two were legal and went home with us. But hey, it's our first trip out. We spent about two and a half hours soaking them in the water total time. So that's not too bad. I was real excited to see that for our first time out just from some internet knowledge that we gained and uh, talking to some people at the local tackle shops and stuff and picking their brains about, hey, what, what works, what do you recommend, what time, yada, yada, yada. And uh, we, were able to we were able to put something together pretty easily. Obviously, it might have been beginner's luck. We'll test out our theory this coming Saturday when we go back out again and try it one more time. Well, we're gonna be trying it a lot of more times but this is a 
next trip we're going on is this upcoming Saturday. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of our experience with our first hoop net. Uh, the knowledge that we've learned is obviously timing's a big thing, location's a big thing, proximity to structure is also a big thing, how close or how far you are from it, as well as obviously what kind of bait you're using. You want whatever the smelliest, oiliest bait is, and sardines seem to be the best option this time. Obviously, it might change going forward. You might experiment with some other kinds of baits and find, hey, who knows, maybe salmon head's way better than sardine. We just didn't have access to that when we went out the first time. Um, so going forward, we're going to keep experimenting with things. We'll keep updating you guys. This is the first episode of Insight little tips and tricks that we're going to be doing. This one happened to be about lobster hoop netting. Uh, as we go forward, we'll keep bringing you guys more things that we're learning and experiencing. And you guys will be going along the ride of knowledge with us trying to figure out this whole fishery down here in Southern California which offers quite a lot, everything from lobsters to tunas right now. So take it easy, you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.